Hello everybody, it's Ford, and before the episode begins, I just want to shout out our patrons because we have a lot of lovely people to thank this week for making this episode happen. Juliet Pastras, Mordecai Sennett, Ollie Science, Juno, Olive Idlewolf, Crow, Janaloni, Dylan Bochamp, Prozac Haven, Jupiter McIntyre, Connor Fox, Emery Silvers, Saffron, and Adrian Frisbee. Thank you all so much for supporting for supporting the show, for supporting Brain Represents, and now let's get on with the episode. Uh, I find it fascinating. I really do. Mm. Anyways, welcome to Dungeon Amateurs, episode three. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I don't know how we ended up on that tangent. Just gotta. Yeah. It was a natural progression of the universe. We're gonna see who we're going to play a game. It's called, is the editor going to keep that in? Ooh, well, it's, <laughs> you did just kind of get right into it from there. So I don't see how you can't. Got it. I like to make their lives challenging. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's why I'm their favorite person in the whole wide world. Uh, uh, well, and episode three, if you, if you've been listening, you already know them. This is Gus and Haley and, but for those who are just jumping right into this episode, would you guys like to introduce yourselves again? Hello. Hi. My name is Haley. I'm Gus. And uh, I, you might know me if you're on Ticket Talk as Whipjack, because that's my username there. And I also co-host a podcast with Gus called Unprepared Casters. Oh, it's anyway, both of our podcasts now. I this see. time we're sharing. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. They're uh, sharing. Yes, this is, I also co-host Unprepared Casters with Haley. I am also on TikTok, not at Whipjack. I'm at Gus the Bard on TikTok. Uh, why not? Well, the username was taken. So, uh, but and I wonder, I wonder who did that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So rude. Uh, that yeah, that's who we are. That's what we do. And for those who don't know me, I am Ford. Uh, I did not say this in the first episode, even though I should have. Uh, you can find me at TikTok, uh, at, TikTok at, uh, at Charisma Wizard. That's where you can find me pretty much everywhere. Charisma Wizard. Uh, and you can find... <laughs> Gus has abandoned us. I, was, I had to let... Daisy was scratching my door. He just does this. <laughs> He'll get up in the middle and be yeah, like, oh, so, it was a cat. I'm so you know? sorry. <laughs> I was trying to do it seamless and everything. You did you, great. And you can, and you can also find me uh, on at brainrot underscore presents on TikTok because that's bra- that's presents with no ease because I half ho- I half host that TikTok. That's a shared custody TikTok. Oh. Yeah, we we're, we're it was an amicable divorce. Mm, yeah, well that's that's good at least. <laughs> yeah, you know the the kids took it hard, but we we worked it out. Ah. <laughs> uh, you know, I was thinking, because I was trying to think of a good a good little icebreaker to really bring people into this, a nice little transitional thing for whenever we get into this. And my my decided my thing I've decided on, which it is what is the what is the weirdest interaction like you've had with a person? Oh ever in it my does, life. It can Someone almost rec- punched me on the street today. What? That <laughs> yeah, yeah, that counts, guts. Uh I don't listen. So when I'm going through the streets in New York, I like to move fast. Okay, uh-huh. I like to get to where I'm going. Right, have, the New York minute and all that. Yeah, ex- yeah. I have long legs and I like to move them. And people on the street, on the sidewalk, doesn't matter where you are. Everyone's too slow. Uh-huh. So, <clears throat> so I'm always bobbing and weaving my way through the crowd, finding those spaces that I can. Uh, duck into sometimes i when i'm reading the people ahead of me and figuring out where they're walking sometimes i misjudge where they're going to step next right. and so sometimes when i am trying to get my way around them i will actually just be walking incredibly fast directly into people mm-hmm. and sometimes when i ha- when a, when you walk into a stranger on the streets of new york they don't like it and they turn around and they buck at you very aggressively and they start yelling at you <laughs> and you have to go i'm so and run and that's what happened when i was walking to taco bell earlier today (laughs) mere minutes before we were started recording this (laughs) my i love that you are in new york because i I live in boston for most of the year so i understand Mm. this experience because even though boston is like a smaller cleaner new york people are so (laughs) aggressive there Uh uh-huh 
for no good reason. It's uh, it's it's just a place where people will just tell you what they think about you, and in the way that they want to say it. Yeah, it's just it's very it's much possible. a place where people can can be themselves and say what they want and 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 act the way that they want wherever because everything yeah. happens here and it doesn't and no one's gonna stop you so yeah literally my first night in boston i think this is the funniest fucking thing they uh there was a guy who was like sitting on the bench wrong he was sitting on with like his butt on this on the top of the bench and like his mm-hmm. feet on the thing because it's a public park bench sure who cares seems comfortable yeah and there was this guy on the hill and he just yelled, hey, asshole, if you don't, if you don't sit on the bench, right, I'm going to come down there and kick your ass. I'm a veteran. Wow. That's <laughs> interesting to, to judge the way that someone else is sitting on a bench. That's not like, something that I would feel a need to speak like up about. It ended with, I'm a veteran. Yeah. <laughs> here's what I'm going to do. Here's my qualifications. Motherfucker. Yeah. Just in case you were wondering. <laughs> yeah. Like he threatened this man multiple times until he just got up and left and he was like yeah you better go and that's just the city experience love it love love living in a city it's great (laughs) (laughs) Haley, what's your weirdest interaction uh i mean i work with kids (laughs) so i have a million weird interactions with children every single time i'm around them just constantly uh one time a five-year-old whipped me with the zipper of her sweatshirt called me a bitch and then held onto my hair so tight someone else had to pry her off where did she learn that language (laughs) at five she was one of my favorite kids too it was a weird day did she did she go to the school of uma thurman It (laughs) it was a like a daycare program during the summer hmm. and we had kids between the ages of four and 19. Oh boy. Oh. It was a wild place to work. That is quite something. That's such a mix of personalities. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, it was weird. And for some reason, that's like the only thing coming to my mind is remembering when this child had a really big reaction in my direction. I'm sure I've had weird interactions with adults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were just speaking Somewhere very aggressively. Yeah. My personal favorite, I'm just going to pull from today because, you know, working in retail, gives you pl- working in retail gives you plenty of, uh, oh, fun right. I could have picked a retail story. What am I yeah. doing? Today I got yelled at because a woman thought that I stole her goods from her cart. Because she, yeah, uh, she, <laughs> she accused me of theft directly from her cart, uh, because I was working at the self-checkout. I was making sure that everybody was everything was going smoothly. And she was like, hey, I have this in-store credit. It's not working here. And I'm and she she did not say it nearly as calmly or smoothly as I did, I want to know. She sounded <laughs> frantic. Like, and so I was like, okay, don't no, don't worry about it, ma'am. I can help you out right over here. So I take her to my register, like at the front, because uh I can I'm allowed to help people sometimes because sure. I'm mostly supposed to be watching the self-checkout. And I check her out after I've suspended the transaction. I've like scanned it and gotten the stuff pulled back up. And then I added the other things on. And then I checked her out. I gave her her receipt. And she's like, well, where's my stuff? I'm like, what do you mean? Where's your stuff? And she said, my stuff, the stuff I gave to you. I'm like, you didn't give me anything. And she's like, no, I know you have it over there. I'm like, and then she just starts looking frantically. And she's like, she's like you have it I know you have it and she's like yelling at me now in front of everyone (laughs) and I'm like I'm not even like stressed out I'm just so confused by this interaction because it's like this is retail things happen and uh she turns around and then she like digs in her cart and she's like here she like pulls it out it was in her cart the whole time in a bag why did you steal from her and then put it back in her cart yeah god for it that's so convoluted it's a convoluted plot, apparently. She thinks I weave a very convoluted thread. <laughs> uh, and that's the weirdest interaction I've had with a stranger. And it was then immediately followed up by a man who wanted his military discount. Whenever I looked up, uh, looked him up in the computer, it came up as no one. The words, no one. Fascinating. I live in a madhouse. <laughs> <laughs> so that, those are my weird interactions for the day. I should have talked about the times that people flash me at my job. It is.
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like sometimes they do it unprompted when I'm not ready and didn't ask and we're in the middle of the store. What about know? the times <laughs> that you have asked? I mean, I like fit people for bras and stuff. Uh, mm. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, sure, but... <laughs> Do you need Sometimes to... I'm very explicitly like, can I see you outside of your shirt? You know, in like a regular professional. Yeah. <laughs> Do you need me to censor your workplace name, by the way? I usually, I usually call it the boob store. <laughs> okay. Uh, then I will just, hey, uh, whoever's editing this, can you please go back and censor that out? And just, you can even say in your own voice, the boob store. Yeah, or you... just insert in my voice. I'll get it clean right here. Ready? Okay. <clears throat> boob store so if you just put that in right when I, <laughs> that way. okay excellent but yeah no i think do you do you measure for bras like is that something that you commonly do okay uh, we haven't over quarantine but my my primary job before uh -huh. quarantine and covid and everything was that was my job i did the oh. measurements and the fits and i helped people out in fitting rooms uh, i'm very good at it i was about to say do you think you've reached a point in your like in in your like uh evolution where you could just gauge a bra size by just looking. yes but people hate that <laughs> <laughs> you can't listen if they're like what size am i and you look at them and you're like you're probably like a 34 deep they're like how dare you make assumptions about me and my body and you're like all right we'll get out the tape measures but i know what it's gonna say <laughs> i think that's so fun though i think that's like a fun power to have I'm a little out of practice now after all of the quarantine shenanigans, but maybe someday I will regain You'll this regain weird niche ability I have. So as we've covered, this is going to be such a weird connection to episode one, but <laughs> I'm mildly psychic. Uh, Haley can read people's bra size, like reading a palm. That's <laughs> what you have to offer. What are you bringing to the table? Nothing. <laughs> I've got nothing. <laughs> I do my best. I don't know. I don't know if I my have any weird, great, inexplicable mental talent. I don't know. I, I've got anything. Haley, you know me pretty well. Do I have anything? You have. You are full of gumption hmm. and Gus a drive to succeed. <laughs> Thank you. Gumption. 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 No. Okay. <laughs> you know what? We tried something. <laughs> not always gonna work yeah exactly but it's good works. that we tried yeah yeah that's we've had a part. lot of we've had a lot of good bits over this past two over these past two hours i agree <laughs> yeah not all of them can be winners it's okay. no 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 no. You just try again not all of them should be winners no it's about hit throwing throwing shit against the wall seeing what, seeing sticks. what sticks yep yeah Comedy is collaboration, folks, just like D&D. Wow, I'm the king of transition. Wow. <laughs> uh, if you can't tell from, the, from that fun little icebreaker, today we're talking about table management and we're talking about working with others. We're collaborating today. We love this. Even though if you could go back and listen to every episode before this, it all comes down to collaboration every single time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, except for the rules episode, probably. I imagine that's going to come down. Even to... then. Even yeah. then, which rules matter and how you're going to enforce them. We'll get yeah. into that here. Yeah. 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 And so I have, and as I mentioned before, I sent, I sent both of them a very nice long Google Doc of many, many things to say. Uh, because... I, yeah, Ford just fed us every all of our answers, actually. Not just script. the questions, but the answers. No, I've actually... <laughs> reading off a script right now. Yeah, uh, there's a teleprompter in the background. Yeah. Uh, that Overwatch poster is actually just a teleprompter. Yeah, and we're very, <laughs> very thankful for, for, for this. It's super yes, easy. It honest. makes it much easier mm -hmm. than trying to come up with all those words. God, yeah. all that work? Ugh. Disgusting. Yeah. No, I, I'm a screenwriter. I'm going to school for screenwriting. I might as well, you know, give it, do my best, you know, yeah. get some practice in. <laughs> oh my gosh but so your podcast unprepared casters uh on apple and spotify as we've discussed uh has a rotating cast and i think this is something very important to note for what we're about to talk about and also uh how does this account for whenever you're dming because you both have self-proclaimed very different styles. We glossed over this in the last episode, but Gus has self-proclaimed himself a rules lawyer. 
who likes to party. Who likes to party. party. That was your exact wording, yes. Yep. Yes, and you described yourself in the last episode as a improv DM. Yes. And how do you see that meshing? How do you see that going? Like, because your podcast is very much so dependent on table management and understanding mm -hmm. people because you're doing talking with all sorts of different people. About that. My hey, we both like to party at the end of the day. We both like to party at the end of the day. And that's what, just despite our, the different ways we approach the game and which honestly, after playing some with you, Haley, like, I don't, I'm not sure that we're that different after all. No, I feel like we have some different um, ways in execution. Philosophy comes down pretty similar with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I feel like I have more things that I just assume are normal things that I just made up and do myself uh, because I don't read the books with all the rules in it. I watched a bunch of podcasts and went, I know how to play D&D and then made up all the rest of the rules on, all on my own. <laughs> that, which is great. Um, uh, and yeah, so I, yeah, I think the conversation you're referencing, which is way back in episode zero, overall of Unprepared Casters, we were talking yes. about our different DMing styles and... I, I made note that I was more rules focused than Haley was. Um, and I think that because the term rules lawyer and the concept <laughs> of a DMV player who is like more focused on rules, there's a lot, there's just a lot of connotation mm -hmm. and a lot of baggage and a lot of weight that comes with it. And, uh -huh. you know, people who, uh, you know, look at rules lawyers, Rule, quote unquote rules lawyers with a sense of disdain and and resentment and then and then there and then there are people on the other side of it who uh who you know want to stick super hard to the rules and whatnot i started playing DD. &D. the first game i played in was a was a very much more of a rules focused sort of game um, and so that's sort of where I started playing from it was learning about all of the rules and all of this crunch and, and figuring out all these different combat things. So, you know, I, that was sort of the first interaction and experience I had with the game. So that's sort of the foundation that I came in with when I started playing with my friends who, who they were just here to have a good time. They, that they weren't as interested in all of that stuff. So it took me when I was running my home game a while to sort of adjust and to realize, oh, okay, there's a bunch of different ways this game can be played mm -hmm. just because, just because the rules are really important to me doesn't mean they're important to other people. And I've got to adjust to make sure that everyone's having the most fun possible. Yeah. Oh. New York, New York, New York. Hey, Jack, if you're the one editing this, you can add in Newsies here. I know you really like Newsies. <laughs> Newsies is good. Hot take. No, uh, it's Jack's favorite. I'm going to I'm gonna put him on blast here for a second. I'm so sorry, man. Uh, Newsies is his favorite musical. Uh, yeah, uh, he will take any opportunity to talk about Newsies. Fantastic. Broadway version of the 92 movie. Important. Uh, I Jack thinks... Uh, that the that the broadway version uh, kind of uh the broadway cast recording kind of sucks of sees the day this is something that he said as of yesterday <laughs> he i was he was like i'm he said i'm currently regressing and i'm listening to hamilton and uh hamilton and Lucy's at the same time and i said where does and i asked him because i was being i was being a prick i said where does seize the day fall in this rotation he's like the broadway cast recording of seize the day is not included in this because it doesn't have the dance break 92 movie supremacy that's my take and my take forever <laughs> 92 movie good kenny ortega good job kenny ortega of high school musical fame yes kenny ortega of high school musical. <laughs> gus is this conversation good for you nope. <laughs> hey gus uh what's your preliminary knowledge here like what's the base level happening here about what's going on yeah i know that newsies is a musical about little newspaper boys <laughs> i've seen it once you saw it a long oh, time ago where'd you see but, it uh i took dance lessons as a child and i believe we oh watched it gosh. in my dance class once for some reason oh so you probably watched the movie then yes yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. My fifth grade choir teacher. It was black and white, whichever one. Whichever what? Was. What? Yeah, it was a black and white movie. No. Sure, it was yeah. created in 1992. Sure. I Listen. Uh, <laughs> stop it's it. I don't know what I'm color. talking about. Uh, it's fully in color. I don't remember. Christian Bale in. I don't remember. Hold on. Mm. Gus, 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 Gus. Now Gus. he's Googling. Do, do you think that the movie... Has, is black and white because it was in the nineties. Whenever you were a child. Well, so I'm looking. I googled it, and it definitely is not in black and white. I don't know why I thought it was. There's but, a lot of up close shots of newspapers, and newspapers are primarily black and white. And okay, red all over. That it's okay. So maybe because it's set so far in the past, my brain. Uh-huh. And I saw it when I was a child. Your child. <laughs> your child. Brain. This movie once. It was fifteen years ago. Funny because you were like. I know I've seen the movie. You know the one that's not in color. It was funny, Gus. Oh, I love you so much. Love you're, you too. As I was saying friend. about rules, your fa- your <laughs> fantastic, your fantastic never change. Moving on. <laughs> um. So as I was saying about rules, blah 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 blah. Different. You gotta you gotta match the style of 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 your table. Yes. That being said, um, D and D is two big halves that co-mingle. It's the role-playing storytelling half and it's the combat rules crunch half. And a lot of times people, if they have a bad experience with someone who's who's very, very stickler about the rules or if it's just not interesting to them, they will shoo away that half and they will say, I just want to play a role-playing game. I just want to tell a fun story, which is great and it's fine. If that's what you want to do, that's wonderful. But as someone who loves games and who who loves the the competition and and the fun aspect of trying to work within a rule system to achieve a certain goal that's a very fun thing for me and it's 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 a very fun way for me to like tackle problems and it's a it's a fun challenge so the reason why i am a am a rules lawyer and i'm a stickler for the rules in my games more so than other dms is because it's sort of like how we were talking about in episode one with uh, trying to feed a toddler food. It's like, <laughs> trust me, if you eat these rules and and work within this little game system and you're able to work within the rules to figure out how to go- do cool stuff, that's mm-hmm. going to be a super rewarding experience for you. And that's going to be, that's going to be fun. And I also mm-hmm. know that like, I'm very, I'm very like, I don't want things to break. I don't want you know the, the the whole thing with D about actions having consequences and i want the consequences in my game to be grounded and i want and i want things to to have a structure and to make sense and to be fair and and i can see a world in which if if i start to like if i start to like let rules crumble and let things fall to the ground then all of a sudden like there's no sort of limitations and there's no sort of restraints and that sort of things can get out of hands really quickly and, 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 and things can start spiraling out of control. Mm-hmm. So it's not really about, you know, Gus wants to put his control on the game and Gus wants <laughs> to make sure that no fun can be allowed because rules are more important, but it really is the matter of like, you know, D&D has a very robust system built up with a bunch of different rules. And uh, there are ways to work within this system that can, uh, that, that, that can, it's 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 a fun little challenge on its own. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I'm doing a very good job at describing this at the moment. Uh, but great, it's uh, like the it's the foundations for the universe. It's like yeah, it, yeah, it's like physics, you know, like it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's like it's like it 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 grounds things and it answers mm-hmm. a lot of questions that you might not be able to know. That's why I always turn to the book first if I don't yeah. know if someone asks a question and it's like, well, I'm not really sure how to interpret this i'll always turn to the written rule first and i'll see what the book says and then if it if it's vague or if it doesn't sort of account for what i'm talking about that's when i'm like all right let's just decide what happens here all right Um, and if you want that's where we differ (laughs) and if you want to talk more and if you want to hear more about uh vague wording and stuff like that just go back to episode two with uh adrian uh because they go way more into that Mm -hmm. there's a whole Uh, section where where do we differ Haley? yes where do you differ Haley? uh Please, we can keep talking. The screen's freezing. Oh no. Poor timing for that. Hmm. <laughs> well, you good, Haley? Frozen screen. All right, Haley's not good. Hello, 
you've been fine the whole time on my end. Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. You're coming through great. Mm. Don't think you can hear us. No, we're alone here, Gus. We sure are. Right oh, in the middle wait. of it. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Hello. Haley. Hello. Haley. Hey. You good? There we go. <laughs> Sorry, things break sometimes. Then we just have right. to wait for them to not be broken. That's okay. Uh, it is up to the, the editor. Once again, <laughs> we're playing that fun little game. Is the editor going to keep that part in? Sure, hope not. Yeah. <laughs> just me going, hello? <laughs> and, um, then, and then Gus and I being like, we're alone now. Uh, where we differ. Yeah, yes. where we, yeah, where we, I said something and yes. I think how I always turn to the books first. Yes. You yeah. said when a player wants to do something and you don't know, you'll immediately go to the rule. I do that for things like spells, mm -hmm. um, where it's, it's something that I know most of the rules for. And then they're like, but this one bit, you know, I'll, I'll read spell rules. Um, I didn't invent the spells, but then when players are like, what about this thing? And I don't know the rule for it. I will just pick a relevant uh, skill stat. I'll be like, roll that. Could you give and me we'll an see. example? Because I'm one, I'm trying to figure out a, an example in which we would actually differ because that would be fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to any sort of like physical task, things like jumping and climbing that have really specific mm -hmm. rules yeah. that I don't want to store in my brain. And yeah, that's something that I, I might fudge as well. Yeah, yeah, like just roll athletics and we'll find out. Yeah. Um, or like, I don't know. I do weird nonsense with uh, religion checks all the time for characters with religion babies. checks have entirely broken my home game. <laughs> entirely. <laughs> it's so subjective. Like, yeah, yeah. Understand. It's, it's got to a point where players are like, "Can I pray to make anything happen that I want?" And it's like, "Well, I guess that happened one time, so yeah." <laughs> <laughs> it's like. It's like asking for a philosophy check, you know? Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like you are, you are testing God and you're trying to see if God will answer. Yeah. Yeah. Though technically, I believe rules is written. Religion checks are just supposed to be for like information about the religion. Yeah, because yeah. there's literally a, a divine intervention spell. Yeah, they have to be a cleric for that of a certain level. Yeah. yeah. And I think anybody with a God that likes them enough to give them magic powers should be able to be like, hey, what's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> Can you explain it's, yourself? Yeah, how you handle religion and the relationship between gods and people, I think is up to you in your campaign. And how you so. handle those rules is is uh, is, is how, however you see fit. But- um, uh, Oh, and my players will come to me all the time. Pax does this to me all the time. Uh, if you listen to arc one of Unprepared Casters, Pax plays Deb, the bard, Mm -hmm. um and he has come up to multiple times in our home game is like here's something that i think would be wild if you let me do this in the game <laughs> and it's always something where we'll come up with like a mechanical consequence but we will just invent our own mechanics to suit the kind of story that we're looking for mm -hmm. um particularly with spell casting we do something where if you're out of spell slots of a certain level and you want to cast a third level spell that you know Go for it. You're gonna take three levels of exhaustion. Wow. So it's <laughs> that's, like a, that's it's two. That's a lot of exhaustion. That's it's a real. dire situation, but a third level spell is a revivify. Yeah. You know. You you're not supposed to be able to cast spells outside of your <laughs> amounted slots. So like, don't do it with a sixth level spell. You know, because you'd be dead. But <laughs> you can stretch it a little bit. Yeah. I feel like that's where this episode, I'm just going to make a prediction now. That's where this episode's going to end up. <laughs> that's where, that's where this it, is going to it. It's going to be really great. Uh, so how would you go, like, how would you go about, like, defining your style as a DM? Do you think that's, like, important? Do you think having a defined style as a DM is important? Mm, no. Mm, yeah. Um, I think that your style has to account, like it's, your style has to account for the players at the table. Yeah. Um, and apart from that, it's just whatever works for you. Like people have different ways that they like to learn. People have different ways that they like to learn, that they like to work. Uh, and, and DMing is going to be the same way. And especially for me, and this is why I love the unprepared casters as a thing, because um, I have, I'm still experimenting with different ways that I yeah. want to try DMing. Um, and it'll even vary depending on the sort of individual session that I'm trying to run. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, it's, 
it's I I wouldn't know really how to define my own style as a DM because I still think I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. You have to be a different DM during like a rest uh, role play session than you are during like an intense combat session. Mm-hmm. You're, so, you're not going to approach everything the same way, which is fine. Mm. So you think fluidity is more of a strength than it is a weakness for 100%. most pe- the way 100%. most people see it. Hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Because I think I think that's what a lot of people they think they have to be like one certain way in order to mm-hmm. assert some sort of like uh, authority over people. Like, is the sense of authority at all important? Like, is that going to like even matter? You know. I think it's a. I'm going to say this every time. I think it depends on the people you're playing with. Yeah. Um, but I think that just getting into a rhythm of your party saying, your players saying what they do, and then you saying what the world does in response. Mm-hmm. The fact that the DM narrates the world and is Mother Nature and does all these things like that in and of itself is sort of authority asserting. One thing. Mm-hmm. One thing that Haley has said, I'm not sure if this is on the podcast or to me in particular, that I just really love and that sticks with me, a really simple, easy um, rule of thumb is that as a dungeon master, you should not say no, you should just say what happens, um, which I think is a great way to, to get your players to realize that what your role is as the DM at the table is that you are the world and you react to what happens. It's not mm-hmm. your job to say, no, you're not allowed to do that. It's your job to say, sure, you do that. And then because you did that, this happens. Now, what are you gonna do? Yeah, because if you give them a reason to fight your authority, that's when you have to worry about having had it in the first place, right? Yep. Right. If you're gonna come in saying, no, you can't do that. Then they'll come back with, here's why I can, here's why you're wrong. And then it becomes a fight player versus DM, which is the last thing you want. You that's, do not right. want it. A sort of antagonistic relationship mm-hmm. if instead you're like okay you do that and here is your natural consequence for your <laughs> actions doing that. um this is also uh how they teach you how to parent your children fun fact you <laughs> you take child yeah. development classes you work with natural consequences mm. because then it's not a fight against an, an authority figure it's uh learning and adapting and there's, there's not that authority to fight against because it, just, it mm-hmm. makes sense that that happened because they did this. Right. Yeah. In sort of the natural tug of war, push and pull between player and DM, you really, like Haley said, you really don't want to get into the situations where you're arguing about what you're allowed to do or about the rules or whatnot outside of the game. I've mm-hmm. been in situations like that before. It's not fun and I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, but so if you're like, if you're a player and you're in a situation where, um, where the dm is like creating a restriction that you don't like and that you're like "Mm, i really wish i could do that but the dm's not letting me Mm -hmm. instead of out of game trying to like argue with the referee in a way um i would recommend figuring out a way that you can change what your character is doing in the game to get around this sort of roadblock that your dm has set up in front of you because that is a way that you can try to that is a way that you can try to and and i'm really not trying to advocate for an adversarial relationship between a pc and a dm but in a way yeah but in a way that's a way that you can you know um use your creativity within the rule system that your dm has given you to do cool shit and win um and and if you are able to quote unquote lack of a better word defeat your dm in this sense doing it in game is going to feel a million mm. times better than arguing with your DM and wearing them down into saying yes to you. Yeah. Like, yes. It's all about winning Dungeons and Dragons in the end. I think <laughs> we can all You have to defeat agree. your DM and win the game. <laughs> We're here yeah. to win, okay? Uh, everyone forgets the part in Dungeons and Dragons where you and your DM go in the backyard and have a <laughs> bloody fist fight. If it works for your table. (laughs) (laughs) The winner may prevail and have have it done the way they want. If the player player wins, they become the new DM. This is- That's that's actually how you get started DMing. And I think a lot of people actually forget to explain that. Did I not say that in episode one? 
Oh yeah, I think we may have glossed over mm, the uh well, let's the death. get into it now. Yeah, I think we may have glossed over the uh required death match, you know, like the Santa Claus situation of like you have to kill your DM to become your DM. Sure, sure, yes, sure, sure, obviously. sure. That yeah. reference I understood. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> Got the Santa Claus reference. I'm so glad you understood Tim the nuances of Tim Allen's Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Oh a delight. <laughs> this is gonna be such a strange question but i think it's such a weirdly important one because it's such a thing that people are so worried about it's note-taking we've, mm. we've got to talk about note-taking <laughs> okay yeah because everybody's like i don't know how to plan i don't know how to manage uh i think people are don't a lot of people just don't feel like they know how to plan for something like D because it's mm-hmm. not something they've experienced before sure so What's y'all's personal note-taking styles? Let's compare. You want to go first, Haley? Note-taking as in prep pre-session or during session? It's an important question. Both. You can answer both. Don't take notes during a session, so that's easy. What? Yes. I do not take notes during a session. Yeah. Oh, we found contention. (laughs) I'm too busy running the game. How am I I, supposed to take notes and run a game? mm, So I've explained to Gus a few things that I've done in my home game because I forget to prep. Um, I forget to prep and suddenly it's been two weeks and it's Friday again and oh God, here we are. And I will invent traps and encounters and situations whole cloth as I am sitting at the table speaking. Sure. You, you gotta take notes when that happens well oh well that's different um, that i'm sorry that that's right. a little so different than i was talking about i will have a note pen out and i will write stuff down while a game is going on to keep track of it. what were you thinking of uh i suppose <laughs> i was thinking about more like forward thinking note taking as in like mm. oh here's something that is happening let me write that down for a future session or uh, or stuff like that. If it's just like, oh, I need to write down an AC or I need to keep track of. Oh, no, of, no, no. I write it for future the... stuff too. Oh, well, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like write things down as I'm doing them when I make them up out of my brain so mm. that I don't forget the thing that I made up out of my mm-hmm. brain when inevitably one of my players later is like, what was that all about? And I have to be like, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> but I also tend to write down, uh, I write character quotes that I really like. <laughs> Um, when one of my players says something where I'm like, that's so wild, that thing you just said, I will write that down um, because I like to include things like that in my recap when I'm recapping for the next session. Um, that's very smart. It's just fun. Yeah. It's fun to do it I, that way. And it helps remind people of really specific moments. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to side with Haley on this one. I think that to me- that I'm not sense. arguing. <laughs> I know. I'm not We're on fighting, any guys. sort of side. Fighting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gus, I didn't tell you. This is actually, you know how the, this is this was gonna be a surprise, but you know mm-hmm. how they've been having like those uh, YouTuber boxing matches. Oh, me versus Haley, huh? Yeah, uh, I'm it's Logan Paul. Been... <laughs> <laughs> that means I have to be Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Wait, uh, can I be? I've heard he's good. That can means I, I have be to be Logan Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Who do you want to be in this? I don't want to. I don't want to do it. You could be KSI. Re- who did KSI form? I, I mean, would not like to be anyone who's been in a YouTuber <laughs> box match. Why not? Just doesn't. I just don't. Listen, if already- we did the first TikTok boxing match. Oh, unfortunately, that's already been taken. No. Who was it? <laughs> who was it? It was a YouTuber versus TikTok boxing match, and it that was doesn't count. Yeah, like this is the first bright. TikTok on TikTok boxing match. Was it like Bryce Hall? Though, was it a... That's exactly who it was. <laughs> I'm so smart. I know who the people on TikTok are. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> I know this because it was trending uh, on Twitter, and I was like, "Oh God, is it this is Bryce a Hall the one that people point at all the time?" And they're like, "Why does he have the exact aesthetic of every masked lesbian I've ever seen?" I'm pretty sure that's Bryce Hall. I think so. I don't know. I don't actually know what Bryce Hall looks like. <laughs> would you be surprised to learn that I don't know what you're talking about? I wouldn't actually be surprised at all. Do we? Hey, how many followers do we think Bryce Hall has? And Gus has never heard of him. I two million. Don't know. I'm, I'm, I think it's more than two million. I um, actually, I'm going to go with twelve. I'm going to go with twelve. I'm going to say eight million, not knowing who this person is. 
Okay. Bryce Hall has 20.3 million followers on TikTok. It's <gasps> a lot. Holy That Moses. is a lot. His bio in total reads, this kid can't be stopped. Wow. Thank you, Bryce. Inspir- Inspirational. How old is he? Like 17? <laughs> Pretty sure he's like 18 or 19. Oh. It's been a while a- since I've caught up on... Um, Hype house drama. Not gonna lie. Hype house drama. <laughs> I He's twenty one. Oh Christ! I don't like thinking about how like the Demilios and like uh like at least one of the Demilios and Bryce Hall are older than me, and yet they all act like they're sixteen years old. Yeah, Dixie's twenty one or twenty two. Yeah, they they are college age like myself, but they are mm-hmm. just slightly older in a way that makes me angry because I'm like, you do not act like you you do not act like you're twenty one, twenty two. <laughs> I just checked. Bryce Hall is uh, a month younger than me, so I do have superiority over him. Ah, there you go. <laughs> now you, I win. Now you have to kick his ass to assert dominance. I will. Go I will. I think actually he's probably ripped because <laughs> he's a TikTok boy and all of them. No, it's d- don't toned. worry. It's all just muscle. Don't worry. It's all just muscle from doing their dance moves like this. That's fair that's fair i don't have any muscle in me at all do you think that hurts my chances hey it's okay you can just fight me this is this yeah is, you're right you're right no, that's right. one you can win fantastic yeah yeah at least with, at least with gus there aren't glamour muscles you know you know aren't muscles yeah. <laughs> neither of us have the glamour muscles and that makes no. it a fair fight that i, I would win. say so uh, i would say so it the all three of us are built like a 12 year old boy and for that i fine it's fine (laughs) oh maybe we shouldn't be boxing maybe (laughs) yeah maybe none of us should be allowed to box uh maybe that's the conclusion we should be coming to how did we get here (laughs) don't know how did we arrive i made a joke Oh, it's because you were it's you were saying that you were taking Haley's side on the note taking thing, and I was like, yes, I wasn't we trying to. Yeah, I, I was saying I like I was saying I agreed more with Haley's style because it makes sense to me to have that for future reference. Um, I am so wrapped up in trying to keep track of everything that's going on and make sure that things are happening and reading the notes I've already written that the idea that I would also be writing things down for future reference is just not something that my brain can handle. Mm. I forget everything that happened after a session the second it's over. Oh, me too. Then that's yeah. just my problem. Uh, I don't <laughs> I don't take Adderall every morning because I'm really, I have a really great memory. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't wake up in the morning like, wow, I'm feeling absolutely i i could remember what happened 10 years ago feeling focused yeah concentrated on point if you will i will (laughs) good Uh, (laughs) but yeah i think we've kind of skimmed over dungeon uh dungeon master style uh but this is uh more about like getting to know people and like uh collaborating with others like how do you make a decision whenever you don't know certain party members well like uh what uh what's your favorite kind of player to play with? That's more just a question that I'm curious about Mm. because I want to know like what, how do you, the, this all boils down to the one question, the big question, how do you keep players from going full murder hobo? I don't think my players have tried that yet. So honestly, I'm not sure that I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of if a player really just wants to destroy everything and um, something else to care about. Yeah. If, I mean, I think if your player's trying to go full murder hobo, that means that they don't really care about the world that they're in. Mm -hmm. And it really comes back to trying to make sure that they are grounded in this world and, and feel a connection to the world. Um, uh, if, 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 if this is, if they want to burn a town to the ground, if there's someone in that count, town that they care about, um, then that's, you know, they're probably going to want to do that a little bit less. Um, and if you have, a, if you have, if your party just has a bunch of pent up energy and they just want to fight and burn and do stuff, then like maybe place for that, maybe, yeah, maybe give them a place where they can do that. And, 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 you know, if, it's all about matching the style of the sort of game your players wants to play. If your players just want to just want to cause chaos and see stuff burn, then like give them a sort of quest that encourages 
just a whole bunch of fighting and a and a whole bunch of and and yeah I don't it's mm -hmm. yeah this kind of leads into like one of the bigger one of the bigger questions I had uh but also because we've kind of glossed over it a couple times but we hadn't really like sunk in our teeth into it which is like how important is understanding a player's style to managing the player themselves and the game very yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's i think that's one of the most important things about about being a dungeon master world building voices whatever uh knowing your players and knowing what sort of game they want to play and mm -hmm. knowing what interests and excites them is is one of the most important parts about being a dungeon master um i don't think that means like setting up your campaign you need to have a good grasp on what a player is going to do and mm -hmm. in yeah, you can situation. figure it out as you go but I think it does mean you need to understand the kind of character that person is interested in playing mm -hmm. and the kind of person that person is. Mm -hmm. uh, I play with a lot of my friends and I know that like this friend tends towards more reckless decisions and this one is going to always be the mom friend no matter what they try, you know, um, those sorts of things. And that right. could help you. But you don't have to try and predict exactly what the vibes are going to be because that's stressful we're not playing 4d somebody. chess we're not playing 4d yeah. chess here mm -hmm. playing dungeons and dragons <laughs> in case you forgot yeah i i think that's a i think that's a very interesting point especially because uh i think a lot of people like are afraid of their players like this is such a strict this i feel like that's such a strange way to describe it but it's the best way i've seen it Mm -hmm. uh because whenever i was like looking at the way people like were talking and like about like dming and like dungeon being and like directing a party and so on and so forth it sounded like they were terrified of these people <laughs> they're the ones with the real power at the table you know you're the one putting in all of the work beforehand and stressing about it for however long and then you get at the table and you realize you have no control here you did all of that and it could be blown away in a moment if you misjudged what they want to do. They control the energies, they control the pacing, they control if they're going to follow what you want them to do. I think that, yeah, I think that, I wouldn't say that you have no control. I, I, I would say I that- I think they have more than you though. I think it's about, I think it's about 50-50. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I would say that uh, certainly the players are, the DM can do a lot to adjust to what the players are doing. And I think coming, going into DM style, I, like I said, I love making big, bold decisions and actions in the game. And what that means is I love to lean heavily into what my players are doing and try to weave that into what I already have uh in my in my mind and i think that you know this sort of being afraid of your players and fear of your players it's 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 all sort of about what if they go against what i have in mind mm -hmm. and um and as long as you are what am i trying to say give me one <laughs> moment recentering here we go words um if you can just uh be able to to ensure that the decisions your players make have weight and have and push the story in a certain direction it's the fear of losing your own story and it's the fear of losing control and you can still maintain control you can still be in the driver's seat but you just have to be steering into the skids of, of what players are throwing your way i think it goes in both directions um uh, it's, 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 it's an exercise that takes a lot of trust, which is why I think it's better to play with people that you know better. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, when I'm playing with my friends and like, here's the thing, like we have different guests that have come to the podcast. Mm -hmm. The podcast is still pretty new. I've still only DM'd people that I know super well. I have not yet delved into DMing strangers before. The concept terrifies me. Yeah. So I do understand. Playing D&D um, is such an exercise in trust. Yep. I, <laughs> you gotta know somebody well before you let them. I know people play with strangers all the time. It scares me. 
Yeah, I, that terrifies me. The idea of talking to a stranger for hours on end every single week. I guess technically the game that I play in every week, I started off, I knew the DM and then he was like, I know these three guys, we should all play. But I trusted that DM a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Enough where I was like, I will meet your three friends that I don't know anything about and hope it goes well. (laughs) (laughs) And it did. Good news. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Uh, Great, great feedback. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, you ha- you have to kind of know who you're DMing for at least yeah at least kind of so would that be like your because pri- I know we like joked about this in, in episode one we're like uh about like how people tend to kind of just pull anyone for a, uh mm-hmm. their first game <laughs> because they're kind of desperate mm-hmm. uh would that be your primary advice just like get people you know first yes get people you like get people you know and you like get people you would hang out with if you weren't playing D. it's better to teach your friends how to play D than it is to teach people who play D how to be your friend mm. that's I a like good that. that's a good piece of advice yeah i got <laughs> i got there eventually yeah that yeah. was really good yeah that was solid summarize <laughs> the point in two sentences or less yeah. i gotta write that I'm one like, down gotta take some notes yeah, here's the thing. I play with my friends has not uh, been a foolproof solution to avoiding problems. Sure. Have fully had many a problem. Sure. At the table, mm-hmm. but I felt much more equipped to deal with them because I knew these people personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was. It, it's a lot easier to just like text somebody on the weekend to be like, "Hey, can you not have full arguments <laughs> mid D and D session? Kind of yeah. killing the vibe." <laughs> yeah. That's actually a perfect transition for I was about to ask about like conflict management, both mm-hmm. in combat, out of combat, et cetera, and so on. Because I think that's what also intimidates people a lot. This idea of like having to like be very direct with people and like kind of yeah. be in charge of them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause that can create tension, especially if there's, especially if there's like tension among players that you are not involved with, yeah. but you are in charge of. Yeah. Guess I don't know how much you've dealt with that at your table. Um, in I haven't dealt with it much as a DM in games that I've played in. There's been some, there's been some conflict. Um, there, there. I mean, there's some, there's some situations where, and like in general, I saw a tweet earlier today where it was like, uh, it was like if someone asks you advice about what to do about a problem D and D party, you just have a big wheel. Half of it says talk to them, and the other half yeah. says leave them, and you just spin mm-hmm. it. I think Amelia um, retweeted that. Amelia one. did retweet that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, and I totally agree with that. I think that, um, I think that just open, direct communication with someone and being like, "Hey, like, it's it's it takes a lot of like maturity to do, mm-hmm. but like that's sometimes what you got to do to resolve conflicts is just to talk to someone to be like, "Hey, you know, this has been a problem for these reasons." Um, and if you're the DM, a lot of times this can fall on your shoulders as well. And just to let people know what what the issue is and try to figure out if there's a way that you can like change how you're playing the game to make them feel more included or to sort of there's a million different situations that can crop up but essentially there's very few problems that can't be solved with with a good communication and it might come down to the fact that some people just aren't meant to be playing D&D together this is true and sometimes you might learn that through this conversation you might learn that through a problem that comes up more times than it needs to sometimes you just have to say goodbye to people and that's a, also a very difficult conversation. That's a conversation I've had to have with people before. Um, but it's it, it's something that if it results in a better game overall, sometimes, and you know, if you have to like, if you have to resort to letting someone know that, hey, I don't think this is the table for you, you know, it's, you know, something that's, it's not like, hey, you're a bad player in person. And so right. I'm kicking you out of my campaign. It's just like, listen, like, that clearly you're looking for a different type of game than the sort of game that we're playing and I hope that you can find that game somewhere else but I just don't think this is working out is sort of how how you have to phrase that um when it comes to the game that I run my party are all best friends and Mm -hmm. never argue in the game it's always just them having a great time and then yelling at me when I uh when I have rules (laughs) see my party's like that sometimes (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I like that. Um, no, I, I, I've talked about this to, to Gus in the past. I had an issue for a while where two of my players would like fully get into arguments 
mm-hmm. about character decisions, but they would make it personal. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. To a point where nobody was having fun <laughs> existing in that space with them. Right. Because that's aggressive. Right. It's uncomfortable um, to be in the midst of another argument that you are not involved in. Especially when it they somehow always managed to make it like about the game but it wasn't about the game you know it was thinly veiled personal conflict your character did this that Mm -hmm. because of who you are as a person yeah yeah your character did this because you're trying to make me the human mad like okay let's all but in that situation it was having separate conversations with both of them to try and understand if they were both understanding the situation the same way and for one of them it was much more like no, my character's kind of an asshole and reckless. And I thought that this would be a move that made sense. And then this other player got really mad at me and I got defensive. And for the other player, it was a matter of, he's trying to ruin the game, (laughs) like for me and for all of us. And it's not fun. So it was explaining to each person, like what the other one was doing Mm -hmm. and then going to the one and being like hey i know that's your character but if it can't be your character if it's not fun mm-hmm. right like it can still be your character but let's tone it down let's maybe redirect some of that energy uh because if the choices that you're making you see it all the time when people are making fun of edgy D players right they're like i picked chaotic neutral and i can do whatever i want because that's what my character would do don't do that if it's not fun like have character motivations have traits mm-hmm. but if it comes to the point where somebody has to come up to you and go hey, hey. <laughs> i wish your character wasn't like that <laughs> hey this is really not fun and cool for the rest of us having to experience being with this person right um and he he took the advice to heart he's like he's a nice dude mm-hmm. <laughs> He, he didn't want people to be having a bad time. And so it was a matter of, you know, telling that to him and telling the other one, like, he didn't mean it as personal attack. And so let's reframe how we're looking at that. It was the game, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's just conflict resolution in general, but it's couched in a bunch of D&D situations. Yeah. I think D&D is so much more conflict resolution than most mm-hmm. people realize. Yeah. Like, I find it so funny that the stereotype for D&D, like, or I guess was the stereotype because it's been changing. It's like the the nerds in the basement or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whenever so much of it, like a good D&D game comes down to communicating with people. <laughs> they're like, ah, oh, they're isolated and never talk to other people. It's like, well, that wouldn't be a very fun game. Yeah. D is all about collaboration and working together. And so like if you're gonna, yeah, if you're if you're gonna make a loner character, if you're gonna make a character that doesn't care about other people, they're not gonna be very fun to be in a party with. Um, no, the like you can make characters that are loners, but that's loners in parentheses. Right, right. Oh, okay, actually. I also oh. had to do conflict resolution in basically the fully other direction from characters fighting at my table. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it which was a player who never spoke Mm. (laughs) and didn't engage and zoned out all the time, which is, I think, a more common problem. Yes. Uh, Especially, honestly, with uh, virtual tabletops and like Zoom D&D, it's so much easier to space out and just stop paying attention. And, you know, you think that it doesn't matter and that nobody notices you're doing that. but I had a I had a player in person who was mm-hmm. doing this who just didn't engage, didn't pay attention, but when asked about it, still was very much like, no, I want to play. <laughs> I want to be here. But it was weird for everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, somebody there who just acted like they didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and the solution I found for that was making the next big story arc directly related to that character and that character's backstory Mm. because you cannot zone out and stop paying attention when there are npcs that are related to you that are addressing you directly suddenly you have to be the face for the party do you think that that um that the impact that that had stuck after this arc after that storyline i think 
it stuck in some ways. Um, he made some really like out of the blue, impressive, wild role play decisions yeah, that I was okay. so proud of. Love he that. went and sold his soul yes. to the forest creature unprompted. I loved it. Wonderful. Um, but I mean, there's always the your tendencies are your tendencies, and he'll space out and he'll but giving him those story beats and those NPCs to hook onto, forcing him to be the face of the party for a little while, I think it, well, it made him develop his character more mm-hmm. and sort of develop how that character interacts with everybody else, which then means the other characters are more likely to turn to him and be like, and what do you think? Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Because now there's more of an established dynamic. Love it that. goes back to that thing you were saying earlier, uh, once again, making the metaphor, I don't mean to keep calling D&D players toddlers, but they, <laughs> but it, the comparison keeps working yeah. about, about like how with child development and like uh, having, like finding ways to encourage people naturally to interact without yeah. feeling like forcing it down people's throats. I mean, yeah, the toddler comparison is great because like when you're a toddler, you're figuring out how to live and interact in the world around you and D&D has so much in it and is so complex and there's it's really like a whole world in and of itself so mm-hmm. if you're only a couple of years into playing D, you are a little bit of a toddler in a way so i yes. think that makes sense what are any of us if not a toddler given a little bit too much time exactly and i also <laughs> little- say that from this conversation i've learned that Haley is a lot better at conflict resolution than i am so <laughs> If you're listening to this, listen to all the advice. Work with babies. <laughs> I think it was pretty great. And I I am just lucky to have avoided many of those scenarios. I was uh, about to say, Haley, Haley's degree depends on this. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Fully. Yeah. Yeah. You need to graphic design your way through a D&D campaign. Hit me up. <laughs> if you want someone to have really pretentious opinions about like themes, I've got, <laughs> I've got you covered. You that's, can make a character that that's their whole bag. Yeah. <laughs> I could make a film major. I could. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love making dumb characters. It's my favorite thing. Yes. So good. I love making characters that are just inane. It's as I've described earlier, I just like taking concepts that are so dumb and then making them important. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a pretty good place to end it. And also just like, because you gave some really good advice. We hit all the beats. And also, once again, the whole goal of this is to make things less scary. Yeah. Like, for, like yeah, things are gonna get messy sometimes. Oh, yeah. And things, and you're, gonna t- and you're gonna have interactions with people that are a bit difficult. And you're gonna be interacting with people. That's just D&D. And sometimes you have to jump straight into the pool to learn how to swim. Like you have, you know, like with yeah. toddler baby lessons they've been doing, where they just yeah, you know it. how you just chuck a toddler into a pool to teach. To teach. Uh, there are people who just throw their newborn yeah. babies into water because mm-hmm. newborns naturally uh, paddle around. Yeah, no, it's uh, when well, they don't that to be a joke, afraid. But good to learn. Yeah, no, I wasn't be, I wasn't joking. That's something people actually do as part right. of swimming. I don't know also, strict fathers do sometimes just throw their toddlers and young children into pools and go figure it out. Yeah. That's not a personal story. I realized the way it sounded. Maybe, sounded maybe my dad did <laughs> no, that to me. He didn't. That's just a trope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my swimming experience was uh, my si- was my sister and I. Uh, well, I she ran away in the middle of a swimming lesson and got <laughs> no. not in the middle swimming of nowhere. Aren't fun. No, uh, so she hid in a slide. She Great hit in, like one of the water slides, and they she was lost for like an hour. And they looked, oh and then they looked up in the water slide, and she was <laughs> like a little three year old, like, "Hey!" So if you have a problem in your D and D party, just go hide in the water slide until everything <laughs> yeah. resolves itself, and then it all blows over. Yeah. yeah, easy. Do you have easy? Do you, just you do it near a water slide. Yeah. Con- conflict resolution is so easy. I don't know what everyone is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you just avoid other people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, this has been Dungeon Amateur. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I'm so glad that you were able to come and we were able to talk. It's been a solid, it may have only been like a two separate hours for you guys across two different weeks but we have been together for three hours and it's been great thanks for having us 
Thank you for having us. Yes, I'm so glad you were you were able to come. Let me do my little spiel where I talk like it's do the it. future. Do it. All right. <laughs> You can find us at BrainRot Presents, that's uh, BrainRot underscore presents, presents with no E's on TikTok, Patreon, and Twitter. You can you can hit us up on email at BrainRotPresents at gmail.com. If you if you are interested in any of that, just go to Dungeon Amateur, uh, uh, just go to Dungeon Amateur on Twitter. If I'm probably going to insert the correct, the, the correct, <laughs> Gus is doing like miming right now. So is Haley. <laughs> I, will, I only saw you though because you're like the biggest image on but yeah <laughs> but yeah I'll probably have to correct that later with like the correct like uh, handle but that's fine and uh finally go support Nemesite it's probably still releasing right now since this is only episode three there are 12 episodes we are probably on episode four episode something like that yes yes episode probably episode six if i'm gonna take a guess and say episode six love it good guess yes <laughs> guys do you want to plug you do you want to plug your show and all your stuff real quick listen to our podcast unprepared casters it's on spotify it's on apple Podcasts. it's wherever else you get your podcast Ditcher, we play dd with our friends and it's a lot of fun yeah <laughs> this is that this has been Haley, aka Whipjack on TikTok, and Gus the Bar, a- aka just Gus, because Gus is his name. And Ooh. it was just a pl- and it was just a pleasure to have you guys. And I'm so glad we were able to talk about this. Me too. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Yes. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>